All right. Hey everyone, this is Hector Silva. I thank you for tuning in ADS Live. We are here with Creighton Berman, industrial designer here in Chicago, in the north side of Chicago. Um, About as north studio. as you can get. Yes, as north as you can get in his studio. Uh, and uh, we, you know, very happy and grateful that you're able to make time for this. Um, but a little bit about Crane, he's an educator, he's a designer and illustrator, and uh, most importantly, a creator. You founded Manual, and we'll go into that a little bit later. But uh, Crane has a diverse background, um, his resume, he's, you worked in consultancy, you've uh, worked at two universities, you know, Art Institute and University of Illinois Chicago, and uh, you also have work permanently uh, in the Art Institute of Chicago, and you're the first industrial designer to have a product successfully funded on Kickstarter, right? True. So we, you know, and I'll, I'll have you kind of break down what you've done and what, what you've worked on before, but if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you're from, and uh, where'd you go to school? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, first off, hey, everyone. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been a crazy couple weeks for me. So, but I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Yep. And, and uh, honestly, I'm I'm honored that you asked me to do it. So, thanks, man. Um, yeah. So, hi, I'm Creighton Berman. Uh, we are actually in a st my st my storefront's a studio. So, someone right now is looking in at us, thinking about coming in the storefront. So, uh, this will this will keep the uh, podcast looking really real if this happens. But, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, uh, I'm from the East Coast originally, so I, I grew up in the D.C. area, uh, in Northern Virginia, mm -hmm. um, and I went to Virginia Tech uh, and um, uh, studied engineering at first, and then, of course, discovered design and uh, switched over to that pretty quickly, so, uh, um, it, uh, you know, it was a real awakening. Back, uh, this was like, I, I started college in 2000, no, no, 97, so, like, okay. awareness around design, especially in, like, Virginia, was was medium to low yeah. so like you know uh target existed and like apple kind of was doing things but they weren't really in full swing yet uh with their revival so uh, you know it, discovering design was definitely like a whole door kicked open for me um i remember i was in an engineering mechanical engineering class and the professor was like oh you're drawing that's great that's that's usually what industrial designers do and i was just like what because <laughs> i hate what i'm doing right now so what <laughs> and then i also met uh um a woman at the time who was in industrial design and, and she told me what she was doing and I was just hooked. So, huh. um, so graduated from Virginia Tech and then um, graduated in 2002. So it was kind of a bad economic time to graduate. Okay. Um, you know, uh, so I was just happy to get a job anywhere. I was hoping for something along the East Coast because that's what I knew growing up. Sure. You know, New York, Boston, Philly. Um, but then I got a call back from someone in Chicago and okay. I was like, all right, I'll check out Chicago. Uh, I knew I wanted to live in a city, yeah. uh, you know, spending five years in rural Virginia at college. Yeah, definitely. Blacksburg. Yeah, Blacksburg's great, but I wanted to be in a city really yeah. bad after five years of that. So, um, so popped over to Chicago and was completely happy and in love and yeah. started a horrible job. And it's been history from there. Yeah, you've been here since, right? Yeah. Now, so, so started in mechanical engineering, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So, so does that mean that you were in school longer than the four years? Yeah, I did five years. So at Virginia Tech, the uh, industrial design program is inside of the architecture program. Yeah. And so um, all architecture, industrial design, I think you maybe even interior architecture and things like yeah, that are all together in that first gotcha. year. Uh, so we did it all in the summer. So it was like this intensive five day a week, eight hour a day intensive studio all summer long that, yeah. that sped you into second year, yeah. um, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like everyone that we interview we talk to when they say oh I graduated and then I graduated in a bad economic 
I feel like that's everyone. Like, does everyone graduate and... Well, if you, if you graduated in, like, the mid-90s, it yeah. was Boomtown. Yeah. I remember going to a, an IDSA conference when I was a junior, and it was just before things were starting to crumble, but, like, people were, like, people were... Yeah. bouncing and like you know all the all the design firms threw large amounts of money at the conference and hosted Jeez. these huge parties in Boston um, well you you graduated the year after 9-11 yeah, so yeah after 9-11 right. like I was literally going to New York uh, that weekend after right the day 9-11 hit and oh obviously our trip was yeah. cancelled and um, you know so it was it was yeah. de- it loomed heavily over and you know we were in the DC area so a lot of a lot yeah. of parents and family you know were our parents at the Pentagon yeah. and stuff so I mean obviously the Pentagon Anyway, we don't need yeah. to go into that. Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah, I know, economic up and down. And I think, yeah. you know, obviously you, you you do it with what you make with it. And I always tell students, you know, like your first job is probably not gonna be your forever job, right? right? So it's like just get your foot in the door and learn as much as you can. And that's I mean that's exactly what I I got a job that wasn't it wasn't what I wanted to do forever, but I learned a lot of what I wanted to do and what I would never do through yeah. it. And you know, after I don't know, 18 months, I moved on. So, yeah. but it got me to, you know, take a step. And honestly, I didn't know what I was doing coming out of school. So I'm really glad I got that job. I don't job. think anyone yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. And then you ended up working after, was that at Ignite? No. So I was at, it was at a manufacturer that okay. did like soft goods. So my senior thesis was all about soft goods. And sure. I, I just, I still love sewing like backpacks and bags. I think the idea of carrying things with you is just so, it's so personal yet universal and it the there's only an increase as we get more nomadic and have more tools that we carry. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, that was, so I did that right out of school, but you know, the realities of like, you know, it was a small manufacturer and there's just weird business yeah. relationship issues and the design director treated me horribly and <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff like that. So, uh, and I won't say their name so that I don't throw them under the bus, but I learned a lot. I mean, yeah. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about manufacturing because they were a manufacturer. I learned a lot about, um, you know, they had their own line, but they also did work for uh, customers as well. And that was interesting to learn that dynamic between when it's your own line, how it runs versus when you're doing it for someone else. Um, but yeah, after about 18 months, uh, I was out, I was out in the burbs too. So I really want to get in the okay. city as well. Yeah. Uh, so got a, I ended up taking a job at a place called Ignite. And that was an interesting hybrid because it was half consulting firm, mm-hmm. half manufacturer because they yeah. made the goods that went into Starbucks for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my, I, I think almost every job I've had is like a hybrid, pretty much. And I'm still a hybrid. So it's, like, hybrid, yeah. it, it's a pretty, it's pretty, uh, it kind of guided my entire yeah. path is as sort of like always working in weird mixed, like of the Venn diagrams of design, I'm always somewhere in the weird middle. So Ignite, is that the, the most industrial design job you've ever had? Most industrial? Oh, what, what does most industrial design mean? I, I guess that's the wrong way to phrase it. I yeah. guess is, is that the... The closest to consulting the industrial design. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously working in a manufacturer designing soft goods, that was industrial design for sure. Right. Um, you know. But as, um, as far as like the, the, all the, the process and all the sketching and the CAD work and all the... I would say it was the most traditional industrial design. Pretty, pretty traditional. I mean, yeah. through our conversation, okay. you'll find that I my definition of design is very broad. Absolutely. Um, and not that yours isn't, but I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very broad. And, it's like, I think, like, there's a lot of things we can be doing under the title mm-hmm. of industrial design, right? Or yeah. just design in general. Um, but, yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, a culture of, you know, working for clients and creating sketches and right. modeling and stuff like that. I would say Ignite was probably the closest to that like ideal that you learned in school. Exactly. Uh, so the traditional. Yeah, because we right. did hard goods, whereas you know right. in soft goods you don't do CAD ever really. Right. And uh, but yeah, no. So and then after so so I you know I worked worked at Ignite for a few years and um, you know learned a lot there obviously. But I was really getting more and more interested in like 
you know, we got given briefs, but like mm-hmm. we never had any real control over the briefs. Um, you know, uh, which is a common story with industrial designers, right? Yeah. Like you get a brief and you get designed to the brief, right? Um, I wanted to get into more of the the creative and strategic side of defining the brief. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, there's a pretty healthy history here in Chicago of those kind of um, agencies and schools and stuff that mm-hmm. work in that space. So I got really interested in a place called Gravity Tank, um, and I was you know stalking their website to see if they uh, had any jobs and. Um, they did not have any design jobs, but they had a, a kind of an office or studio manager job, and so I forwarded it to my wife as a joke, who was happily employed uh, at a college, uh, and I said, hey, you could do this, and she applied and got the job, and I was like, I guess I'm not going to work at Gravity Tank, uh, so I was super, super annoyed that I kind of like, uh, you know, spoiled that for myself, but it turns out like they loved, at that point, it was like, the company was founded by two couples. There was a brother and sister there. There was another couple of couples. It was a lot of family. Yeah. So when the opening opened up, I applied, and I hope I got it in on my merits. Uh, but I was working with my wife then. Yeah. So family oriented. <laughs> so yeah, and I was there for about seven years, doing a lot of like. I uh, came in as an industrial designer, but came out the other end as like a completely yeah. bizarre hybrid uh, designer, um, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. But um, uh, yeah, I was there for about seven years, and that was a, that was hugely transformative on me. It. It in uh, it both uh, I both learned and grew through it, but also against it. You know, some of the things that um, you know, strategy is is a strange place sometimes for designers to work, uh, and uh, so some of that forced me to grow in ways that I didn't expect. And um, and then I went independent after about seven years. I the amount of things I was doing on the side, I was teaching, I was doing illustration work for a bunch of different clients. Uh, I had a small product line at that point. And there was just so much going on. I had a small child <laughs> that. Um, I finally had to make a choice. It's like I can, I can keep yeah. trying to do everything, or I can, I can make the jump. So I made the right. jump. So I've been independent for about seven years, um, and yeah. Wow, that's a lot of things. Like a lot of things just started stacking up. Yeah. Well, they're always stacked. I mean, right now, like the reason why I was late coming to this is like I've just so many things stacked up right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not complaining, but it's just yeah. it's uh, it's hectic. You know, it's good to be busy. Yeah. yeah. So right now, I maintain two practices. So I've got Creighton Berman Studio, which yeah. is. Um, so through working at Gravity Tank, uh, I, I and using my visualization skills, like we did a lot of workshops, like mm-hmm. uh, kind of ideation, research, strategy workshops. And uh, one thing I did a lot of was um, visualizing the conversations that were happening, yeah. and that was a big realization moment for me. It was like you know, I'd learned to draw, like industrial design, draw, like I knew how to draw products. You know, obviously I drew st- growing up other stuff, but like that was kind of my focus. And I got in there and realized like my skills being able to like rapidly visualize stuff mm-hmm. uh, actually really valuable even outside of like designing products. So you know having conversations about uh, users or talking about business strategy or future scenarios, um, I found that like I was constantly being pulled into projects to draw, and so it kind of started started to change me. So I ended up you know coming out the other end as sort of like if it comes to, like I'm interested in visualizing ideas. Like yeah. it doesn't even really matter what they are. I just I, I love the act of like jumping in the trenches with an idea maybe it's your idea maybe it's my idea maybe it's not even it's just like an idea that we need to express mm-hmm. and finding a way to give form to that um, so that was one thing that came out of that and then the other side when I said a reaction to strategy I realized after working there a few years like I don't make anything like I created <laughs> blue sky ideas mm-hmm. that made if they made it to market like and this is true for all innovation it's not against gravity tank like you just can't really point your finger at it and say I designed that because right. You set the strategy, yeah. but it's like hard to have ownership. So I realized I really wanted that. I missed that. So I started designing my own things on the side um, and launching those. Yeah, and if you haven't uh, seen any of his illustrations, um, go on his website because you have like a really awesome setup on your website. And I think I've told you this multiple times, but you have to really 
trademark or create a font <laughs> around your like you just have a very unique style of visualizing ideas and it's it's very approachable I think a lot of people can be like okay wow this is pretty clear and I don't know I just I'm a big fan so Thanks. Um, I know that in 2006 I'm gonna go a little bit back in wow. 2006 12 years ago <laughs> I'm gonna go a little bit back in 2006 I was a second year student at University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign um, and we have an annual job fair so, I at I think at that job fair, Gravity Tank was coming in, and you I remember you and Jonathan Dean were interviewing students. Wow! I just remember this because <laughs> you're you and Jonathan are the only people that kind of stuck from that job fair, and I got interviewed. You interviewed this like very young, naive, stupid Hector, and um, I don't know. I I think I know what you told me, but you guys were being really nice. <laughs> to a lot of the students. Okay. And at the time, I'm like, oh my god, like that actually gave me hope. And but looking back, I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, man, I wish that you guys would really just rip, like, rip you a new one. Just because sometimes we, I think a lot of us need a gut, like gut check. Yeah. Like, hey, this is really what you should be doing. But um, I got I got one of those. I mean, if, if uh, yeah. I don't know if you know Ed Dorsa, but he he's a yeah, yep. professor for a long time for Virginia Tech. He just retired. Um, uh, maybe he's looking at this. I don't know. He's on Instagram like all the time, apparently. Um, he, he loves to tell the story to everyone about how junior year at that IDSA conference, I showed my portfolio to Ron Chemnitzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but uh, and he uh, ripped me a new one uh, on, my, on what I had. And yeah, you're right. The gut check, and it helped me. Like it inspired me at like my senior year. I was like, oh, wow. Like, uh, you know, at that point, Virginia Tech was a young program, so there weren't a lot of people to look up to necessarily at that point. And then also, like, that was kind of pre, like, the internet I mean the internet was happening and obviously you know we yeah. looked at the internet but there was a limited amount of inspiration to get you know I remember looking at the same guy's portfolio on Coraflot like every day because you know there wasn't Instagram there wasn't, like I don't know yeah. what he was up to I, I, uh, I can't, if I can remember his name I would call it out if, if uh, my, my, my friend Eric Clem who's a designer at uh, or maybe lead designer at Giant Bicycles uh, the two of us would just look at this guy's drawings I'm like this is it right here <laughs> anyway point being there wasn't that context you get now where you could just like it's almost overwhelming now right yeah. like you could look at like you can just spend all day looking at other people's stuff, right? But back then, like, it was hard to know where you lie, your skills lie against other designers, really. That's true. And so I went to this portfolio review and just got ripped open because, you know, there were areas I need to work on. So it was good. It's motivating. I don't know. Being nice is... I also think that, like, being mean can also shut some people down. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone is motivated by that, like, in your face, like, being told you suck. You know what I mean? And, like, I was, and maybe you would be, but, like, I knew a lot of people would just get discouraged and be like, screw it, I can't do this. I just think that's so wrong. I think there's, like... I think there's like you know a lot of people who don't engage in industrial design because they think that they don't live up to some standard that exists. Right. I mean, if you look at the industry, it's like how it's like overwhelmingly male in industry, but in school it's fifty fifty, yeah. female male. So I mean, like there's some sort of disconnect that happens at some point where people think that they shouldn't be in this field, and that's wrong, right? So it's like I just think it's a hard line to walk between like motivating people with like tough love and then yeah. like also being inclusive, you know. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that I notice as an educator. Like you have to kind of get to know the person to see how if they're going to respond or they're going to react. Right. So yeah, I mean, but that's awesome to hear. Yeah, it's like when I was teaching, cause I taught at SAIC and at UIC, and uh, I, I'm not a full, I'm never full time. I was always adjunct, so I always felt like I had to like learn to be a teacher because it's like it's a different skill set. I'm sure as you're, you know, yeah, it's as you're as you well, you live it right yeah. and. Uh, yeah, it's like it's you're almost like a facilitator of design at that point. So you need to like look to see where people's like sharp edges are and like see if you can 
you know, push them towards that or, or whatever, maybe hone it down if it's not, if it's yeah. too sharp. But I feel like that things like, it took me years to understand this, but like introvert, extrovert, like, Absolutely. you know, like in innovation, like it's like everybody's expected to be an extrovert because you're like doing brainstorming and it's so like public and performative and some, some people are not that way. They need heads down, they need time to think about it. You know That's what I mean? True. So. Yeah. But it's just something I remember and it's something that I always like, I know because the job fair still happens and it's just something that. Like, oh, that's the first time that I met, you know, you that's funny. And, 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 and Jonathan Dean. And I do remember I being I there, remember. and I think I remember talking to you. Yeah. But and I don't remember tasing. anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I just remember. You say that to all your podcast guests. <laughs> that's not true. And, but, no, it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's <is> true. <laughs> but let's, let's kind of move, move on. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, you started Manual. Yeah. Right? Yeah, five years so, ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you guys are still kind of young. Yeah. Right? Like, I still feel like the things that you guys do, uh, it almost feel like, it almost, well, every time you launch something, it, it just feels like the first time, like you're doing it for the first time, at least in my eyes. It does like, feel like, man, right? this is exciting. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, maybe it's because it, it's like everything that you do has this really, like, there's excitement behind it. There's this hype. And then I think you're just really good at that. And oh, then the execution obviously matters and you're really good at that too. So. How many how many products have you done under manual? Well, you're looking at a bunch of them here. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if I can point to a number because there's things that are like big marquee like product products, and then there's like smaller things like does a set of mugs count? Like, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily like a mug is a mug, right? I mean, there's like I, you don't look at this and be like, wow, look at the design, but like there's a lot of work that goes into getting yeah. this manufactured. So, uh, for those who don't know, so manual's a, a housewares company. Um, I like to say is like focused on slow living or um, you know slow food especially. So we're kind of all about designing things that um, you know in a world of like convenience where like everything uh, seems to be made more and more convenient for you yeah. from like delivery to food to your home to like pods of coffee to uh, you know all kinds of stuff that just makes it more and more convenient. Uh, we kind of take an opposite approach and we want to like make things. Uh, you know, they take a little work, right? Yeah. Like, so manual kind of refers to like manual labor, like the logo is kind of like a hand, um, you know? So it's this idea of like, you know, you want to be involved in what you do. So we do things like pour over coffee makers and like cocktail sets, yeah. cause you know, making a cocktail is a very like uh, mental and physical, like you got to like interact with all the ingredients and, mm -hmm. you know, measure and things like that. Um, and so we do all a bunch of different products in that space and we've just recently like stepped into furniture. So that's kind of broadening the scope into like, you know, yeah. um, a lifestyle brand, I guess. Um, but yeah, it all started, uh, so I was making a bunch of stuff on the side a few years ago and, um, or five, you know, five plus years ago and then, uh, designed this coffee maker for a design show in New York. And, uh, I got a prototype made, um, uh, in the U S out of, this is borosilica glass, um, and showed it at uh, ICFF on an offsite show there. And for like four days straight, I was just made, a, just ran a coffee bar, yeah. uh, which was very different for me in the past. I would design stuff like that, go to these shows, put them on like a table and walk away. And that's yeah. what you did. You just looked at it and drank a cocktail and that was the week. Um, and this was so different because I talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, and that, you know, that helped me practice the pitch. It helped me like, you know, understand what people got out of it and it connected me with press. Um, yeah. And so I got a ton of press out of it. And uh, and my email list blew up. It got on Gizmodo back when Gizmodo people was were like, like, "How do we get this?" Yeah, no, people people yeah. wanted it, and that's a good problem to have. But I had no way to make it, and yeah. so it's a long story. But long story short, I eventually found a way to make it after a lot of trouble. Uh, it was a lot of serendipity led me there. But then I was able to launch it. So I launched it on Kickstarter um, and raised a hundred thousand dollars in thirty days. And it was it was a grind <laughs> to get there. And then two weeks later, I was in China, and that was kind of the launch of the brand right there. So since then, we've launched. 
roughly a couple products a year, um, trying to gear up and do more of that. That's, uh, I have a lot of, I'm very self-critical. That's one of my most self-critical things is like just the output uh, is, is hard to keep up with because as you, the more products we get in the line, the more there is, you know, because you don't just design a product, put it out there, and you're done with it, right? Like right, gotta, absolutely. People are going to want to order it. People yeah. are going to want it. There's yeah. fulfillment. There's marketing. There's yeah. keeping track of how much left in your inventory so you make sure your reorders, yeah. you know, go out at the right time. Like, we went out of stock on the newest coffee maker, like, shortly after we started shipping last, yeah. the beginning of, of this year, and I didn't just get it back into stock until, like, this week. Yeah. Uh, so there was a long period of time where we just didn't have it, and... You know that you know it's not as easy as saying like click go make more right there's still right. like samples and approvals and packaging and logistics money. and money <laughs> yes money yeah, uh, the money yeah. uh so it's i and i don't complain about any of it because i love sure. the entrepreneurial side of what i do um but it's just always a challenge because it's really just me exactly. manual is just me you know i have collaborators i work with um sometimes my wife helps out uh but in general it's just me so it's like it's a, I love doing this kind of work because you're just you're doing the entire circle around mm-hmm. of, you know because design is one slice of the whole circle of bringing a product to market right I get to do all of it uh, but the challenge is it's hard to do all of it equally you know what I mean it's like juggling like you've got one ball in your hand but the rest are in the air you know <laughs> yeah. so I'm hard on myself about output because it's just hard to keep making new things while you're still trying to make the things that you just made right. yeah. but that's all part of it and yeah. um, you know I think the one strength we have and I say we right uh, manual has is that it's it, it is a small company and it can do whatever I want because it's just me and there's I don't owe anyone anything and so you know what I lack in in resources and ability to like time to get things done I gain being able to like pivot and just do something crazy fun and just yeah. launch it and sure that's awesome to hear that you feel like it's new and exciting because yeah, yeah that's, I mean it is because it's then you go on Kickstarter and then every time you put something on Kickstarter it's like I mean, and you, you've talked about this because you've experienced it, but it's, you know, it's like a roller coaster, right? And then right. at the end, you know, it, it feels like you're not going to make it and there's two days and you need $20,000. <laughs> and then it's the last five minutes. Yeah. It's just, I've, I've seen... It's a little stressful. But it's just... They're not all like that either, Like yeah. You're just like, oh my God, it's like live too. And, right. Um, it's entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So we've run nine. I think I've personally done nine Kickstarters. Not all were for manual. Some predated manual. Um, you know, like the very first, you know, like the very first one that was the first, you know, designer to launch Kickstarter was this little salt and pepper set. Yeah. And that was while I still worked at Gravity Tank. Um, uh, you know, and that, you know, it was it, that, you know, it was, I made a hundred pieces. This is before the idea of like a Grand Slam Kickstarter was a thing. So I just made a hundred. Um, you know, and that was, it made it and it did really well. But, uh, you know, six months later, three months later, Scott Wilson did his thing and Studio D did their thing. And then it was like Kickstarter began to change very rapidly. But since then, so for manual, it was like less, but still I've done like nine or so. And I've been involved at like 40 or 50 because I taught a class on it and every student launched a Kickstarter, uh, independently. So I've advised on so many Kickstarters. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot of people have their own preconceived notion at this point of what Kickstarter is. They're either, they either see it as something really exciting and innovative, or maybe they see it as something annoying that their friends are always doing and asking for money for, <laughs> yeah. or they see it as a thing that never delivers, or yeah. they see it as something kind of cool they pop into once in a while. There's a lot of different visions around right. what it is. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's still a really valid platform and yeah. it's, it's especially from the standpoint of like, if you're a designer and you have the ability to make things, you really should consider doing one, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause it just stretches you in ways you never knew you could stretch. Yeah. And for some people you'll learn that no, I don't want to ever do that again. For other people you're like, Whoa, like I actually have an ability to like market things and, yeah. or like manufacturing super cool or, or whatever, you know? So it's, yeah. um, I feel like it's 
obviously it's a way to launch things and hopefully make things that people want, but it's also a way to like learn about yourself and yeah. challenge yourself and set some deadlines. Yeah, know? I mean, you're you're in the driver's seat. You're yeah. in full control and like you said, and the, the design, the marketing, the execution, and then trusting and co- having a relationship with manufacturing and things like that. Right, and, and consumers. Like, yeah. I mean, like, because traditionally industrial designers always talk about users or consumers in really abstract terms yeah. and like, you know, maybe we are involved in some research, but for the most part, like we're not directly talking to the consumers ever, right? Yep. Uh, especially if you work for like a consulting firm, you just, you, you're not, you don't own those consumers. But in this case, they're your consumers, yeah. right? And like, I'm still deeply affected every time I find out like, you know, somebody buys something off my website and I search their name for, you know, to figure out stuff or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, this person is like back like all my Kickstarters since like 10 years ago. And like, that's, I don't know them. And that's like yeah. really moving, you know, to be like, wow, I directly have a relationship with these, all of these people who buy my stuff and are yeah, that's a awesome. fan of what I'm doing. You know, right. it's, it's that's, that's humbling. Just, that's just like a huge, like, keep going. Like, what right. are you doing? You're like doing awesome shit. It's so, humbling. Yeah. Did you ever consider putting your work like on Amazon to help you? <laughs> that's a really Oh man, that is question. like a way bigger question than we have time for here. And most designers probably okay. don't want to go into it. But no, no, I mean, no, yes and no. Um, the, uh, I mean, the yes, the, the yes would be obvious. Like, yeah, they're like the biggest uh, shopping platform, you know, at least on the internet by far. And then a lot of people point to them as being the future, um, you know. So, you know, so I definitely have gone through the process and, and have come close. I haven't finished it. Um, right. My hesitations all lie around like the commodification that yeah. you find on Amazon. I mean, it's kind of the Walmart of the web, in right. my opinion. So you it's mean like, like when you get it in the mail and the box is the size of a fridge, but then you, <laughs> get, you get the pinch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. No, no. I mean, it's just a yeah. com- you're a commodity when yeah, you're on there. I mean, absolutely. like if you search for anything, any like unless you're like one of the best brands in the world, like you search for anything and you're going to find a billion different results, a billion right. versions of the thing. Some are knockoffs, some are not. Like. It's not a very compelling visual experience. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, it kind of sucks, like yeah. as far as stores go. Um, so it's just like it's there's a lot of downsides. Plus, there's a lot of boring downsides that mm-hmm. you know are, are not fun to talk about. But the realities of like return rates are super high. Like anyone that's bought something off Amazon knows, like you've returned a bunch of stuff too. That's true. And like when it's a big company, maybe it doesn't matter to them, or they they figure it out in their bottom line. But when it's small, and small companies having to take returns like that. It's a pretty big hit, hit, you know, and then there are, you know, there's margin questions about the amount of money they take. And so I've haven't done it yet. Um, I mean, the biggest reason I haven't is because I ship glass and it just makes me nervous letting someone else ship. Yeah, then you're not. (laughs) But I mean, you know, I I don't know, maybe someday uh, that's a a big, uh, big question for me always is how what is my path forward for manual? Because there's a lot of different ways you can sell things and. Um, you know that that's one of the most empowering things about being a designer that makes things and sells them is like you know your website's a channel um, you know there's retailers still out there that want to buy your stuff yeah. you know, like brick and mortar stores uh, there's web retailers there's new ones that are willing to yeah. work with all kinds of interesting scenarios and people uh, you know there's the Amazons of the world there's there's so many different and there's direct to consumer right like off your website but you know hyped up on um, Google search Google AdWords yeah. and Facebook ads and stuff like that so there's a lot of different ways you can go um, and I kind of I try to do a little bit of all of them except for Amazon, um, but I think I, I probably need I need to as as I grow bigger I need a more of a vision about what I'm doing. That's fair. Um, I know like last year I think it was last year you were working with CB2 to put this out. Yeah, I've, well, yeah, they picked up CB2 and Crane Barrel have sold um, the original coffee maker, which is cool. Um, uh, you know, that's pretty awesome. That's a pretty big accomplishment. That's pretty sweet. It's cool to be in there. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know. Just between you and me and however many people are watching, like, you know, uh, what's, yeah, what's cool about those kind of stores is they, uh, 
you know, the recognition you get that your peers see that and like, wow, but the reality is like they hedge their bets, right? And they buy small orders and, you know, so it, while it might look like a raging success, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very high profile placement. It's not necessarily mm, always the biggest gotcha. order. You know what I mean? And that, that's not to their discredit either. I mean, that's, it's cool. They're willing to work with someone as small as me yeah. and, um, you know, and it it's cool. Like they test it out. Yeah. I mean, they, they test it out. They, they, yeah. they, 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 you know, they, they can try a little bit of this, a little bit of that, put it on the sure. website and, and see how things go. So yeah, I mean, and, uh, yeah, so the CB2 actually was in store, which was cool. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I got photos from friends and like, so the Soho CB2, they would send yeah. a picture or like someone in like the wow. Palo Alto CB2, they'd send a picture and that's pretty cool to know that's that awesome. it's just out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, but, and, and again, it's a boring thing that most designers don't think about, but the act of getting things into those stores is a lot of work. Yeah. It's like, there's these, there's all kinds of logistics behind the scenes and interfaces you have to go into and extra things you have to do. And like there, these stores are buttoned up, you know what I mean? Jeez. So it's, it's, it's a whole skill set you don't learn in design school. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I applaud you because you, you're a one man team. Pretty you know, much all the things you do. I do have a manufacturing sounds agent. Sounds like you so have sh- a team of like five no. interns or something. No, I need that. I, I, I should say I, I do get help. So I've got a manufacturing agent yeah. who's based here in Chicago, um, and he uh, has a partner in Shanghai. And so mm-hmm. I mean, there are huge reasons I can do the stuff that's made overseas. Um, you know, because they manage the day to day manufacturing, um, they manage the money, they manage the logistics, getting it over here. Yeah. Um, so that's huge. I wouldn't be able to do it without them. But I do projects here, like you know, like. Um, you know, this is small, so I'll pick it up. But like this bottle opener is all made in Chicago. I manage all of that. Um, you know, and it's not as complex as some of this stuff uh, right. logistics wise, but still managing logistics of dealing with a manufacturer is mm-hmm. a real thing. And then I'm, I'm working on a stool right now that's launching or well, already launched a Kickstarter, but it's going to yeah. be manufacturing soon. Um, and I'm, I'm directly managing all of that. So, um, but yeah, then I've got like a, a, a group I work with called uh, potluck creative and they do all my video and photo. And so I do have like associates that I work with sure. and, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I think as I get bigger, I'm realizing more and more the value of that. I want to stay lean. I, I love, I love that that manual can kind of walk a line between like a personal project, a business, and almost like a, a lifestyle kind of brand thing. Like I'd love to keep it in that space as long as I can. Um, just for me personally, like I love the flexibility and not having overhead of like a staff and and right. stuff like that. Um, you know, it allows me to be nimble. But and and then the tools these days allow you, like the fact that Kickstarter exists, the fact that like you know all these. Uh-oh. All these uh, warehouses and things exist that can ship goods for me. Like that makes it so I can stay small. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but I do wonder, you know, how long can you know? When, when I have twenty products, when I have fifty products, like how do yeah. I manage all that myself? I probably will need to scale at that point. Yeah. You know? Well, if you're ever interested in getting an intern, let me know. <laughs> no, what do you no, mean? No, well, I, just no pressure. I mean, yeah. If you ever do grow. I start looking for interns, you know, there's a lot of There might things. be some people out there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah. I thought you meant you. I'm like, you got a oh, job, man. <laughs> I would work here for free. No. Just to to learn and pick your brain on all of this stuff. Sweep I mean, the floors. No, just kidding. <laughs> Paint the walls. Yeah, I mean, so now that, so, you know, Manuel, it's kind of, you have like this houseware branding, right? Now you're moving into furniture. So I guess that, that leads us to our next question. What is like the future? Or manual. Yeah, well, I'm, I know this is going to be kind of goofy because we're on a, a screen, but I'm going to hold it up and see if it works. So here's the stool. Can yeah. you see that? Usually you sit on it like this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've been interested. So, I mean, the, the focus started with food. Um, you know, I, I'm working in innovation. Uh, a lot of our clients, you know, some of the clients were really fun tech companies and, you know, traditionally what you would think about innovation. But a lot of them in the Midwest, in Chicago at least, were food related. And, uh, um Sometimes we uh, innovated things that I felt were not 
my values in food, right? Like I, you know, my wife and I started far, like with other folks <clears throat> in the neighborhood, <clears throat> excuse me, started a farmer's market. Like uh, she's a chef. She went to culinary school. Um, we've been members of a, you know, community supported agriculture, like farm share for like 12 years. So like we have very specific values around food and uh, things like that. But I would find like go to work and I'd be designing the opposite and make it more easy to, to eat yeah. chips or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it, it, it all has a place. I'm not making fun of it, but my worldview is just different. And so um, I decided like, you know, put my money where my mouth is and make this company about that. You know what I mean? Like instead of just complaining about it, it's just easy to complain, but like, yeah. How hard is it if I want to make a brand that's all about like being involved with your food? Um, and so that was kind of the, that was kind of the, um, the center. It was like, all right, I'm going to go after food. Like I, I, it's a topic I'm excited about. Like for years I would just design things like the lamp and other stuff. I would just design things, put them out there. Like that was great, but like I had no real focus and I decided like at that point, like I wanted to focus it and be like, okay, what's a topic that I know I won't get sick of that I can think of a billion ideas for that I would still love to be doing in 30 years. And for yeah. me, it's food. Like I would, I could be thinking about food, food you know, forever. Um, so food plus design equals manual. Right. And yeah. so that was it for five years. Um, and it still is going to be our focus. I think that's what sets us apart, but I also have other interests and like, there's no reason why a stool couldn't fit under that brand. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally you have to sit in most cases to eat, yeah. <laughs> uh, but also like, yeah. you know, through the years I've been involved in the food world in Chicago, like I know a lot of people that own restaurants and cafes and bars and stuff. And like, they need stools. Like, what if I pro could be a provider of furniture for new, new concepts? Yeah. I mean, um, they probably already have some of this stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, some places do. And so that just seemed like an opportunity, like a business opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and then also just broadening the brand. Like, I, I'm excited. Like, you know, it, just because it started in one place doesn't mean it can't go others, right? Yep. And so um, and that's the cool thing about Kickstarter also is I could test it out and, you know, it funded. So I know that there's some interest. Um, you know, uh, it wasn't like a runaway grand slam. So I know that like, I'm not going to ditch all the other stuff and go towards furniture, but I know that like, okay, there's something I can work on and grow and do more of. And, um, so that's really cool. I, lo I love approaching these launches, like learning every time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I'll, you know, from a brand standpoint, like I get excited by the idea of like a full lifestyle. Like I get really inspired by like, uh, you know, going into a Muji or like a Hay or, yeah. um, you know, I mean, honestly, even like at IKEA, sometimes where it's like the the, the broad the breadth of their vision is 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 spread out across so many sorry so many categories. Um, I don't know. That's super inspiring, and it's like and there's no reason why I you know as a designer you don't want to be laser focused, right? So um, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's kind of the focus. So going forward, it's like I'd like to keep experimenting. We're probably going to keep our center in food, but like you know, spread our wings in a few other spots. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. I mean, I personally have the majority of your stuff. I don't, I don't do coffee, but I know that I've purchased your coffee maker to give away Thanks, Christmas gifts. So keep doing what you're doing. I think I'm very excited about it. And you know that we'll always support you on social media because I know Thanks, man. Kickstarter works. So um, let's talk about a couple other things. Let's talk about no commercial value. Okay. So so tell us about, because no commercial value is is... A different Instagram account that you have, and it's gaining a lot of momentum on on Instagram. Tell us, kind of, why you created that, yeah, and purpose or yeah, why well, as a purpose. So I've or, talked a lot about manual, uh, and I haven't. I, I talked a little bit about what it's Crate and Bourbon Studio, so I should back up and say a few things about that. So sure. uh, manual is a startup, so like uh, it, it takes a lot of effort and it's growing, but uh, I. I uh, have a more stable uh, business as well, which is Great Marvin Studio, where I have consulting clients and I do all kinds of different sort of visualization uh, from, you know, like last week I was out west at a, at a apparel manufacturer doing a huge vision brainstorm workshop and, you know, for three days I was 
visioning their future basically yeah. uh, with another consulting firm that brought me on. Um, you know, I was just downtown at a, at a big innovation firm, you know, working on a storyboard today about, um, you know, a uh, consumer experience, you know, and, and sometimes I'm making animations for a technology company that has new, you know, they, they produce software and hardware, but like they also have researchers doing crazy next generation stuff like mm-hmm. with DNA and, and all kinds of stuff. And so it's, you know, all of these seem very different, but they all have one thing in common, which is they're working with new nascent ideas mm-hmm. and they need to tell stories about them and bring them to life, sometimes internally, sometimes for the public. And so sometimes I find myself in meetings, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Sometimes I find myself working with design teams. Sometimes I'm creating animations that are going to go on YouTube or whatever. Um, you know, sometimes it's just illustrations for like an article or a book or whatever, but it's always using drawings to bring ideas to life, right? Um, it's great work. It gets me on the fly on the wall in a lot of different scenarios, which is super interesting as a designer. Um, uh, you know, so, but, but like, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of a lot, a lot of ideas. So I, I have a lot of ideas. A lot of um, a lot of ones that aren't appropriate for the scenario I'm in. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're working for a client, you're producing work that's <laughs> of value to them. But but sometimes in the back of my mind, I've got some ideas that have zero commercial value at all, and they just pop in my head. There it is. Um, I'm not going to blurt them out in a brainstorm yeah. for a real client, but I write them down later. And uh, I've had this growing list for years of just like bizarre <laughs> thoughts. Um, sometimes they're just absurd yeah. misinterpretations of things. Sometimes they're social critiques, honestly, yeah. uh, of where technology is going, or, or I don't know, just the absurdity of being alive today, <laughs> which is I mean, a lot of it's it, pretty it's freaking absurd. True. Yeah. Uh, so I started this Instagram account, which um, uh, you can see most of is right here. This is this is the account in paper form. Um, not all of it, but most of it. Um, so yeah, no commercial value. So it's like it's it's my outlet for for just just bizarre ideas. So um, you know, like uh, I don't know if you can see this on the film, but it's it's a, it's a Roomba for your head. So it's Groomba. Um, it cuts your hair for you and drives around. Um, this is this is ideas for um, uh, rear view mirrors where you can hide your phone so you can watch TV or you know, uh, you Facebook what? while you drive and just that. be completely reckless and dangerous. I need um, that. I, uh... You probably need the fidget spinner tire, uh, spare tire. So it's just like crazy stuff like that um, and some of it goes off the rails and some of it some of it actually might have some commercial value this was um, true I, I drive from Notre Dame to Chicago you shouldn't be looking at your phone and sometimes like <laughs> I, I shouldn't be but the drive is so boring I think once I saw Lord of the Rings <laughs> from Notre Dame I know Hector. I'm sorry um, Wait, tell me this is not this could be extremely practical a keg of LaCroix I, this, is, this could be really practical yeah well you throw out so many cans and, and LaCroix is awesome and yeah. imagine doing a keg stand of LaCroix huh? so anyway yeah so it's just like it's my outlet for, for crazy ideas basically um, but you know, it goes a little deeper than that so I mean I, I, I've had these ideas forever and I've struggled I had a Tumblr that was quite popular for a while and I was kind of doing stuff like this for, for Dwell Magazine for a short while which yeah. was amazing um, but I hadn't had an outlet for it in a long time and I feel like people I had so much stuff and I didn't have any way to share it so I finally decided to rip off a new Instagram account and, uh, and start putting them there but I wanted it to be really constrained because I know like with my schedule and just with like my own the way I am I knew if I like tried to like make it a real illustration yeah. I wouldn't output anything because I would just be working on it like, it's not good enough and I would never do it so I decided like I'm going to use index cards and yeah. I'm going to do I'm going to come into the studio in the morning and just do one first thing or at some point in the day just do one um, this is this is um, the spine inside of a banana <laughs> yeah um, you know so I, and honestly like with a lot of these I would like sketch it out on an index card maybe I would overlay another index card and stand on the window there to like use it as a backdrop yeah, light a, as yeah, a backlight yeah, uh, and, and, and do all my composition that way and everything and just be done within like 
15 minutes, take a picture, post it to Instagram. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, you, as someone who's run a sketching Instagram for a long time, like that's not novel. But for me, it was like, man, I just don't, I'm not forcing myself. I need that like consistent uh, format to force me to do yeah. it. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. So, I mean, I mean, the deeper, the deeper thing about it all is it's like, uh, you know, it's a form of critical design in some sense. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I mean, sometimes I'm just being absurd and being a jackass and just putting ideas out there, but sometimes it's just like, it's asking questions more than it's trying to solve something. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's like critical design is it, it's, uh, you know, it's designed for the sake of dialogue and for asking questions that, uh, only design can kind of ask sometimes, yeah. you know, like some of these ideas are just, you know, they're they actually ask deeper qualities about the way we live our lives and things like that. Not all of them are that deep, but some are, but, um, yeah, it's been great. And so, yeah, and then I got an iPad, uh, <laughs> earlier this year. I had an existential crisis with the whole thing is I find that I had that iPad pro with me everywhere and I love sketching on it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, but I've already set up this format uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to change it. Right. And so, so now, uh, half and half or maybe a little more than half are done on the iPad okay. uh, on top of a template of an index card on the table. Oh, uh, okay. but I feel like the spirit is still the same because yeah. like, because I had a real hard time getting over this, but I'm like, no, no, no. I open the thing up while I'm on the couch at night yeah. and I'll just bang one out in 15 minutes. So yeah. what's the difference if I'm doing it in a ballpoint right. pen in my studio with daylight yeah. through a window or if I'm just doing it on the iPad? So I've justified it that way, um, but that's the sh secret. Yeah. Um, it's probably quite obvious to anyone who follows it because suddenly halftones are showing up, yeah, a little be, bit of gray. And like, there's just like little bits of things that are showing up, but it also allows me to do some ideas that I just couldn't have done with a pen. Like, um, some of the ideas play with brand names and stuff like that, and it's just really hard to do that convincingly unless you've yeah. got actual typography that you've you know sketched over. But yeah, that's my outlet for that, and it's getting a pretty good following. And I um, I want to publish. I'm publishing a, a quarterly zine of uh, collected ideas, and and you know um, sending that out to subscribers. Right. I, they kickstarted uh, just recently. I need to finish that project, um, and then I want it to be yeah just this ongoing collection of ideas and. Um, you know, but honestly, the, the biggest, the highest level goal of the whole thing is sort of like to make the case for the value of absurdity and, and practicing that in design. Like, um, you know, uh, brainstorming kind of relies on that fluidity of ideas. And um, if you only brainstorm when someone's paying you to do it, then you're not as fluid as you could be. You know what I mean? Like the act of coming up with bizarre ideas and trying to think so broadly and bizarrely and try to see where you could take this idea to make it even crazier um, is exercising those same muscles that you would use for a client, you yeah. know, where you would go in and you try to think your way around a design, not just go to the most obvious solutions. So um, I feel like this, if this Instagram account can make that case for like, look, I'm doing absolutely bizarre stuff here, but the reality is like I do real work as well. And like that, the reason why I I can do that work is because I practice every day. Yep. Um, you know, and I think it's one thing, honestly, as, as industrial designers, even like, I think there's a lot of people who like practice sketching every day, but are they really practicing like ideation every day? Right. I, I don't know. You know, and I think it's, it's uh, both are useful skills. Like it's great to be able to be a great visualizer and, and be able to sketch anything and do it really well. But you know, I think it's important to know there's an idea behind it too, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. It's um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty it's, awesome. Yeah. It's it's been growing. The following is getting more diverse, which is kind of fun. Like there were a lot of designers following it for a while, but it's starting to diversify a little bit, which yeah. is kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, it's just like it's also an alter ego, alter ego for me. So if you ever interact <laughs> with me through that account, I act yeah. I act like very different than I do in real life. Oh, so, okay. I'm like a little bit snippy and uh, I don't know, mildly rude to people. Okay. Not in like an offensive way, but just in a, I'm just this alter ego. I'm just okay. like bizarrest designer. Yeah, I, I know someone who, 
that's funny that you say that. There's other accounts that are alter egos and. Oh right. Uh yeah, so it's funny to interact with. Yeah, people. I mean, I'm not trying to keep it secret. Yeah. It's no, not a not, secret yeah, not project of mine, but it's. No, uh, but it's awesome. Like, it's an alter ego. One day you're gonna be asked to speak at a conference about this. Yeah, I've done some smaller things, yeah. but yeah, that would be fun to. I've, what I've done actually, I did it at Kickstarter at a conference there uh, that they host every year, and then I've a couple other conferences. I get up there, and um, usually it's a like night talk format, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but you get 30 seconds per slide, and they auto advance, and so you have a five minute presentation, and they get gotcha. 20 slides or whatever it is, you get 30 seconds a slide, um, and it's almost like stand up comedy. Yeah. There's a video you can find on YouTube of me talking about pizza. Um, it's on there my is. website too, yeah. um, and it's it's. I don't know. It's also like interesting. Like it's. I mean, it's just fun. First yeah. off, but it's also like a legit. Like I'm pitching. Basically, yeah. I'm pitching bizarre ideas. But it's a pitch. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's fun. And it's fun like playing with the timing of the joke. And like you know, when I post these on Instagram, there's a caption. But that really only works on Instagram. Like the things you say in real life wouldn't be that. You know. So it's 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 interesting to see kind of where that lands. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I hope you continue doing this. I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, again, one day you're going to be asked to specifically talk about this, and I think that's really cool. You're It'd be fun to do like that. a book at some point, yeah. you know what I mean? But I want to have like two years worth yeah. before I right. entertain that idea. So I'll do zines until then. <laughs> um, let's switch over a little bit to family. Oh. So through what I've seen on your Instagram, you have a couple of boys, mm -hmm. and they're pretty, they're pretty involved in your design life. Um, you're a pretty cool dad. I think that's pretty... I don't know. Just from what... Craig Berman? Cool yeah, dad. Yeah, cool dad. Uh, you're pretty involved in your community. Yeah. You do a lot of things with your family, and um, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that. I don't know if that's something that we need to talk about, but... Well, yeah. I mean, I can just say, like, you know, it's... I kind of... My work and my life and everything is all kind of in one ball. Right. Um, I don't know. I, it, I can't do it any other way, basically. Yeah. I, it's just... I, no, sometimes, I mean, that's cool. Like, well, I know. But sometimes I think, man, I wish I had some separation in my life. Like, I wish I could just go home and, like, yeah. have a regular hobby. Like, right. I mean, I have other hobbies I'd like to be doing, but I tend to... It always tends to drift sure. back to design. I know you could probably empathize. Uh, you know, it's... it's um, but I, but I, it's also that I think it's a great thing, too. Like, you know, um, you know, I have a storefront studio. We're sitting in, like, we're looking out at the street here. Like, that's, um, you know, that's... Partly because I like being public facing and I like having sort of a store, but the reality is it's also because I live two blocks away yeah. and my son goes to school a block away. Like as soon as we finish this interview, I'm ready right. to go get him. Um, and my other son's like four blocks beyond that. So I live my life in this neighborhood like yeah. pretty intensely. Like, I mean, I get out, but you know, no, my, day -to -day, my day to day yeah. is here. Um, and I don't know, like for me, it makes a lot of sense. I work for myself. So like why commute? But also, you know, um, I think it's cool they can experience like my, my son will come here and hang out for an hour and like right. he'll... You know, sometimes he sketches out his own ideas. He's got. At some point, I'm gonna work with him to launch it. But he's he, like Dad. I don't encourage this. He does it on his own. But he creates these invention. He's got a whole portfolio of inventions that he sketches out, and they've got all these details. And we published a little a little zine for him that he gave out to some friends and stuff earlier this year. Um, he's totally a little designer, he's like 100. Like, yeah, he's he's, but uh, you know, it's, it's great that they can see what their dad does and be involved. And um, I think it's cool that the neighborhood can see in because it's a pretty diverse neighborhood that we're in. It's not. Um, you know, it's got every ethnicity basically, <laughs> or like not every, but like it's a huge swath of the city. There's 90 languages spoken at my son's school. Um, yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Um, uh, so it's 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 super diverse, and um, you know, like I think, and economically as well. So I think you know, but I'm exposing design to like a large swath of people that maybe wouldn't be exposed to it. Um, you know, to show kids that you know you can be creative professionally. It's a viable thing. Like. You know, it, it takes a lot of hard work and some luck and, you know, maybe some privilege. I don't know. But, like, 
it's there and like sure. like just to expose people to things you know like I grew up solidly middle class but I didn't know anything about design you know what I mean right. so it's like if I if I if I can expose people to like you know creative jobs like I think that that could be hugely influential on a kid um, so that, yeah I like being here for that and yeah, yeah we run a farmers market down the street and like I don't know I just you know I'm just into I want to have influence on anything that I'm involved in basically so. Sure. Um, you know, if it's design that I want to either like influence from like the strategy corporate level or I want to bottom up, like just run my own thing. If it's where I live, I want to like get out there and do stuff. And generally that's bottom up because I'm not going to run for Alderman or something. But, um, yeah, I just want to like affect change, I guess, in general. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's awesome. I mean, your kids are going to remember that. I hope so. Your kids are going to remember going to work with, you know. Yeah. I remember being so stoked to go to work with my dad. Yeah. And you know, so. most people don't have that experience. Yeah, usually you don't get that chance. You get that nine to five, and then you see your dad, and, right? And then I mean, it's people, give or take, though, yeah, because like yeah. also like if you got a nine to five and you're done at five, like you just go hang out and yeah. like <laughs> you go play catch. Yeah, yeah. you go play catch, and or, like yeah. uh, my mind. I mean, I'm, we draw pretty good lines in our household, like I, you know, because food's so important to us. Like dinner time is like sacred. Yeah. Like we're always together. You know, we're always cooking. And it's time spent together. I'm not on my phone. Like nobody. You know what I mean? So like we try to draw lines on that. But the reality is like you know. I work so many evenings. Yeah. You know, I was here last night till like ungodly late, like repacking product, which is totally not romantic, you know, but it, it was also kind of fun. It was like a real grind. I'm like, you know, I'm really doing something here. Like there's a hundred things sitting there that I repacked last night. So I don't know. Yeah, it's good. No, but yeah, my, the, the boys are great and um, uh, they're free labor at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's awesome. I mean, most people go home and then that's it. You know, they don't, they're not involved in or they don't have an invested interest in where they live. So right. I think that's just something that, you know, it's something you could, I admire, that's pretty cool. Thanks, so, man. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, this retail strip is actually really cool. Like it used to be a pretty vibrant strip, like a bunch of times throughout history. And right now it's kind of just like down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so even though I'm not like, you know, a central hub, like I'm not a coffee shop or something, but still it's like bringing some life to a neighborhood, I also think is like a civic duty, like I think, you know, too often designers like get lost somewhere and hide away and don't really right. expose what they do to the general public. So I, I don't know. I'm trying it out. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Sometimes awesome. people stare in at you, but that's no. Okay. Yeah, I've seen there a couple <laughs> people. Even when you weren't here, people were like peeking in. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a little cryptic. We're like, is he back there? Yeah. yeah. But it's cool. Um, well, we have like a couple more minutes. So here are some really quick questions that I want to ask you. Um, I hope people and are watching. They're really random. They're really random. What is one company that you admire, follow, or would one day like to work for? If you, oh if you had gosh. an interest in never going back. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting uh, companies out there that I've always... Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many names. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think it's, it's... I don't follow them all that closely, honestly, but I've always thought a lot of Muji. Um, okay. Uh, you know, Ken Yohara is, or I, I believe he's still kind of like this creative advisor to the company. He's written a bunch of interesting books about philosophy of design and the frameworks they've set up to allow like world class designers to come in and design things, but then they're anonymous. Like yeah. the products come out and no one's trumpeting for the most part. But you don't really know who designed them. I think that that would be so interesting to be inside of and and see how that works. Plus, it's it's Japanese, so and it's owned by a huge multinational. Mm-hmm. I'd just love to see the dynamics inside of that. Yeah. I I probably wouldn't take a job there uh they probably wouldn't want to hire me anyway they you know they they're it's it's very much of japan right but that'd be interesting i mean i I, there's a bunch of brands in in denmark i think are really interesting uh doing design work um 
I don't. I don't know that I would ever get a full time job well, again. Let's, let's, let's I really love. Yeah, you know, it's okay. fine. I, I really love working independently, and I just at okay. this point, I, I almost, I, I, I can't see it just can't, any other way. Well, I don't know. I mean, but but the reality is, like, you never know. But yeah, I, it's hard for me to just pick one. There's just a lot. There's always. I'm just kind of interested in following anyone, and also, like, honestly, there's all these new startups doing re- really interesting things. Um, in design and, and even beyond design and, and uh, you know uh, I, I just love I, I kind of I'm a big fan like I taught this class at UIC for three years on entrepreneurship and so for the class we would interview a design entrepreneur every week I'd have someone Skype in or we'd go to their studio and I'm just a huge fan of like getting a peek behind like how people make things work um, so it's hard for me to ever point to one like, it's just like a, I'd love to see how everybody works I'd love yeah. to I, I'm in, like, well, almost what, everyone does something interesting that I want to learn that's about. what we do right that's what you're doing here yeah. I think it's the best yeah, like, it's, I think, it's awesome and you do it like you're doing it for other people but you're doing it for you <laughs> <laughs> well it's a perks right yeah it's a perks yeah. yeah okay well that's fair yeah I mean that's a pretty loaded question um, here's another one out of all of the objects that you've made which is your favorite uh, the next one. Okay. okay. That's a good one. That's a good answer. The next one's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. And here is one. Uh, this is probably the last question. Um, what is something you want to re- be remembered for? Like your legacy. What is oh, something geez. you've done so much yeah. and you have so much to do? What is next for for you, what is something that you want? Yeah, legacy's tough. Legacy's big, and I don't, I don't know if I've got that perspective. I'm almost 40, but I still don't feel like I have that perspective yet of like what a legacy should be. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, like like most people, I want to have some impact uh, on mm-hmm. on somebody. Um, I know. I think I think you know, in the past few years, like professionally, where I mean, obviously, I'm doing a lot of specific work for clients and things like that, but. Um, uh, you know, one thing that I've kept doing is like kind of just being an advocate for um, encouraging designers to, to take a venture, take a leap and try something, like try and make their own thing, do their own thing. Maybe it's not full time. Maybe it's just a side hustle. Like the, the tools and structures are out there now to do that. You don't have to like leave the safety net of a real job and insurance, all that stuff to do that. Right. Yeah. And so I've been a big advocate of that. And obviously that's what the class is about. And now that I'm not teaching the class, um, I published a zine. Um, I have to plug this real quick uh, called Getting Stuff Out of Your Head and Into the World and so it's um, available from my website um, and it's, it's basically the entire uh, entrepreneurship class I taught at UIC distilled down into like a you know a 52 page scene that's hand drawn and kind of gives you some thoughts around I mean it's about kickstarting projects but it's more like about getting projects out of your head maybe you use kickstarter maybe you don't um, you know and I'm I, I'm doing this because I want to like share this knowledge and inspire other designers to do that to to try doing things themselves. So I, I think, you know, and I'm teaching a, a, a workshop or running a workshop at the Core 77 conference next yep. week, week after next yep. um, in New York about the same topic. So it's, and I've been running them here at the studio, yep. you know, um, these like little Kickstarter jams. So I guess at this point, maybe a legacy is like, if I can inspire other people to like, take a risk, take and, and, and put their ideas out there. And like, you know, um, you know, as, as designers, we, one of the coolest things is that we have a skill that is, is consulting. Like we can take our skill and freelance it and yeah. work for a billion different clients. And that's awesome. Um, but I think you really test yourself when you take a creative idea that you're passionate about and try to make it happen. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's a different, it's a different level. And it's, it's, you know, um, if I can, if, if like so far, if that could be my legacy is like inspiring people to like try it out themselves, I feel pretty good about that. That's great. Um, that's awesome. You know, obviously, there's always higher level aspirations yeah. of, of impact, and 
um, you know, if I could, if one of my objects was found in a thrift shop 200 years from now, like, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Like, I'd be super happy about that. Yeah. Um, one of these glass ones, too. Yeah, that last yeah. and someone's like, I wonder what this is. Uh, Earth must have used this for... They use their yeah. iPhone to scan it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's in their head now. They're not using their iPhone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't even touch things. They just yeah. look at them and, and they download it all in their brain. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, and like, I guess the other thing is like, I, and I think I've said this, if anyone's still watching this, they've seen that like, I, I'm interested in a lot of different parts of design and um, I want to do it all. So I, yeah. I also just want to like keep pursuing that. And I don't know if that's a legacy, it's just more of a personal goal, like to try out as much as I can because, you know, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so exciting that, you know, I can make a living doing creative things. And yeah. like, you know, if I'm lucky enough to be able to do that, like it's, it's on me to like do it to its full extent. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously if I can help people, that'd be great, but I haven't quite figured out how my skills really impact in that way. So I give outside, you know, sure. like planning community events and things like that. It's like, you know, sometimes like, you know, the work can be for you, but maybe your act of being here can be for everyone else. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't always have to all <laughs> be in the same pot. Yeah. But yeah, man, legacy is a big question. That's I know, and I think I always I, I've, I've asked everyone we've interviewed or everyone that's been on our podcast that same question. It's a great question, just because I and and I it's something that I started asking my students as well. It's something that we should I think at an early age just start to think about. It's a really big thing, like you said, but it's something I think that people can start to think about. Like I want to do good things, right. even if it's not design. I want to, you know, contribute somehow and do good for humanity whatever that means in what shape and form but I don't know I, I think I just want people to be just really humble and yeah I, mean, I think anytime you can reflect on how what you do connects to the rest of the world because design is really insular sometimes and let's yeah. be honest like mm -hmm. there's a lot of design talking to designers yeah. and uh, and that's great there's nothing wrong with that but like we can really do a lot of in talking but the reality is we're part of like a pretty big fucked up world right now <laughs> so like if you could yeah. find a way to like engage uh you know, whether it be, I mean, it doesn't have to be saving the world. Not everyone's going to be able to do that, but even just, even just positively inspiring people or, uh, you know, just trying to be uh, a positive role model to someone or even just being a good dad, like, and husband, um, you know, like these things all count. And, yep. and especially nowadays, like small acts of kindness count, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, and you know, we all should be, if you're watching this, then you're, you're lucky that you live. Uh, in the time you do in some ways because you've got access to technology and you've got a skill set that hopefully will pay you to be creative and and you're not in a war zone and you're not you know and you've got some stability in your life probably and like this you know we should really be thankful that we have that and see if we can help others who don't you know and, and well we're really happy that you were able to join us and we're also happy that we're on the same page you know that we have your back when it comes to this stuff so whenever you launch your next Kickstarter Thanks, hit man. us up thank you so much when are you going to launch your first Kickstarter Maybe you did uh, it sketch yeah. or not. I want a Hector Silva kick. Sorry. There you go. All right. I'll definitely, I'll take you up on that. Here, I'm going to give this to you right here. You probably oh, already have one, but. I don't have one. Oh, then it's here. <laughs> right here live. You're seeing it. Hector, the gauntlet's been thrown down. Yeah. Nine I, months from now, we're going to see his Kickstarter. Nine months. Wow. And I remember I, I did wait for one. <laughs> yeah, you did. So thank that's you. yours. Thank you for that. All right. Thank you for doing it. Take care.